0: Hey everyone, this is Matt, and welcome to a new Overflow pod series on answering some of life's tough questions. The last two years have dramatically impacted how we look at life. It has challenged our understanding of freedom, of helping others, of trying to unite as people, and it also showed us the ugliness that we pretend does not exist inside of us. Where anyone who's different than us, whether it be the color of our skin, the political party we hold to, our opinions on something as simple as wearing a mask in public. And if we disagree with each other, we can't work with them. We can't be friends with them. Can't hang out with them. We can't talk to them. Now, I can't get too deep into that, or that'll be a whole series. During this time of confusion, calamity, and just downright craziness, many times I've asked myself, what's the point? What is the point of life? And that's our first tough questions we're going to have to tackle. And this is so practically relevant for our lives because this is basically addressing our mental health. If we mentally don't understand the reasons behind what we're doing or the reasons why things are going on, we can't function. And we need that so that we can make right decisions because it doesn't matter how many things we do physically or making the right choices. If we don't know the reasons why we're making them, it can feel empty or hollow. In Ecclesiastes chapter seven, verse 24 says, how can anyone discover the meaning of life? It's important to know the meaning because when you don't understand it, it causes all kinds of negative effects in your life. Ecclesiastes chapter one, the Bible says there's five results that happen in your life when you don't know what the purpose of life is. First result, life seems useless. You spend your life working, and what do you have to show for it? If you don't know the meaning of life, why not just sleep in? What's the point? Second result life seems tiresome. It's like we're spinning our wheels, running in circles, running on a treadmill. We're never hitting the finish line. The sun goes, rises, and goes down. In Ecclesiastes, God uses the rotation of the earth as an illustration. The cycles of weather, the wind goes round and round. The cycles of evaporation and rain. It rains, goes into a river, then to the ocean, then evaporates. Life just seems like one big circle. And a song has even been made about it. The circle of life. Okay, no Lion King Grammy for singing for me. Just about the time you take down the Christmas lights, it's time to put them back up again. We're just going in circles and it seems tiresome. Everything leads to weariness. Third result, without a purpose life seems unfulfilling. There's no satisfaction. No matter how much we see, we're never satisfied. No matter how much we hear, we're not content. We are restless. If you don't realize how restless you are, why do you think we invented the remote control? You know how many times you changed the remote control? I remember when I was a kid, I'd be flipping through the channels and my parents would get so mad at me. Can't you stay on one thing? I'm like, no, because it's unfulfilling. Ecclesiastes say history repeats itself. There's nothing new. I've seen it all. I've heard it all. And you know what the writer says of Ecclesiastes? I'm bored. It's useless, tiresome, unfulfilling. Fourth result, life is insignificant. Life seems insignificant when you don't know the purpose. No one remembers what happened in the past. No one's going to remember in the days to come. There's a surety of obscurity because fame is fleeting. Your name could be in the lights today and tomorrow it's forgotten. Nobody's going to remember you. You know, 20 years ago, can you remember who was the loser in the Super Bowl? I can't. 25 years ago, I remember at the time. I can tell you the winners. Can't tell you the losers. I forget. You set the records for track, and tomorrow they're broken by somebody else, and you're forgotten. There's people who spend loads of cash to get their name on buildings, trying to preserve their name. (laughs) Most of you went to college and went to a school where every building had a name on it. Do you remember them? Do you even care? Do you even know anything about it? I don't. I don't even know if they're male or female. Don't know. Don't care. It's just the name of a building. Life just seems insignificant when you don't know the purpose. And the fifth result is life seems uncontrollable. You can't straighten out what's crooked, what's bent. You can't count the things that aren't there situations beyond our control you ever tried to straighten out something that's crooked it's never the same. A relationship that just refused to be straightened out you tried to solve a problem you just couldn't figure out change somebody or a circumstance and just can't do it. There are some things in life no matter how hard you try you just can't fix. And Solomon, the writer of Ecclesiastes comes to the conclusion in chapter one. In verse 14, he says, I've seen all the things that are done under the sun, and all of them are meaningless, a chasing after the wind. See, when you don't know the point of life, you have three options. First option, you can make up a meeting. A lot of people do this. We have time. We're made to have something at the center of life, so we just make it up. And if we don't have God there, then we put something else there. Maybe it's sports, having fun, work, whatever. Whatever. What are you, What we're into, we put that at the center. We try to fill our life in with meaning. And people frantically try to find meaning in their life, but inside they know it doesn't work. This is the fallacy of humanism. Three of the greatest minds in Western civilization, Marx, Freud, and Darwin, all three of them came up with the same thing. They all said, you came from nothing, you're going to nothing. We all came from the primal ooze, and you're just some evolutionary blob. You weren't created. You're just a cosmic accident. They also said when you die, that's it. There's nothing left. And the human humanist comes along to them and says, oh, no. you. So what if you came from nowhere and you're going to nowhere? But while you're here on life, you your, your life can have meaning, value, and dignity. I have no respect intellectually for humanists. I mean, it's intellectually dishonest to say since you didn't come from anywhere and you're just a freak accident, then how can you have dignity in life? How can you matter? Now we know it's not true, but if there is no God, no eternity, no day of accounting, we're not accountable for anything. If God didn't create us, then have the intellectual guts to admit that your life doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. Because you're just a complex mistake. Now I don't believe this because the Bible tells it differently. The Bible says you do matter. but when people don't know the purpose of life, we just try to make something up. And we have and we try to justify all kinds of crazy logic to, to make it make sense. The second thing we do is we just escape. Life has no meaning, just escape. Use TV, become a couch potato, use food. Just eat away your problems. Sex, drugs, movies, you name it. The ultimate escape is suicide. And we have an epidemic of suicide right now. As of three years ago, there are 130 suicides every day in America. And you know how many attempts there are? 3,780 a day. Whoa. And those numbers, I'm sure, have increased with the pandemic If you don't know the meaning of life, the ultimate thing is despair. What am I doing? Life is useless. It's pointless, repetitive, unfulfilled, and insignificant. What are the alternatives? Try to make up some meaning? Well, that doesn't work. Yeah, try to escape? You know what escaping does? All it does is create pain for those around you. That your loved ones must face every day of their lives. Third, you can discover what the real meaning of life is. Now, fortunately, God told us. He told us what the meaning of life is. Ephesians chapter one, verse four and five, long ago, even before he made the world, God chose us to be his very own through what Christ would do for us with his love. His unchanging plan has always been to adopt us into his own family by sending Jesus to die for us. And he did this because he wanted to. What's the point of life? What was God's purpose in creating the world? In creating us? You're made to be loved. You are created as an object of God's love. God made you just to love you. The Bible says that God is love. It doesn't say he has love. It says he is love. If I have love, but I don't bestow it on a person or thing or animal, that love is useless. You were created by God simply to be loved and to adopt us into his family. You know, I was thinking about that as I was going over this. I was like, why did we have kids? I was like, I just wanted to love them. I just wanted to love them completely, 100%. I didn't love, I didn't have them to carry on my name. I didn't have them so that they could achieve something that I didn't achieve. I didn't have them so that they could go after um, all the regrets that I have in life. No, we had them just to love them. I remember having a conversation with her. We waited nine years before we had kids because we didn't know if we wanted them. And then we get to a point he says, I want to share my love with them. And that's why we had them, right? If it's meant to be, it's meant to be. Because we didn't even know if we could have kids. Ephesians 1.10 says, And this was his purpose, that when the time is right, he will gather us all together to be with him in Christ forever. History is moving towards an appointed destiny, and you are personally are moving towards an appointed destiny. Life is not a cycle just going round and round. It's linear. It's not circular. We're moving towards something. See, God first made you to love you, to be a part of his family. And he says one day he's going to gather everybody who's a part of his family forever. See, what's life? Life is simply preparation for eternity. He said eternity in the hearts of men, the psalm says. Psalm 33 says his purposes last eternal. It's not just for the 60, 70, 80, 90 years you live here on earth, but forever. And if I were to hold up a yardstick, imagine your life to be the first inch. Those are the first 60 to 90 years of your life. And the rest of that is eternity. You're going to spend most of your time on the other side of it. The Bible teaches that life is simply just a prep school. It's like a dress rehearsal, like a trial run. It's not just here now that matters. It's preparation. See, heaven is a perfect place and you have to be perfect to go there. Jesus is the only perfect one, and through him we can go when we put our trust in him. And we need to use this life, God says, to prepare for it. How do we do that? How do we prepare for eternity? There are four things God wants to do in our life. Here's where the practical things come in. What can we do with this purpose? Number one, we can get to know God. So we have to first establish our relationship with him. The same way you do with everybody else. So you spend time with them. Share with them. Enjoy them. Listen to them. Communicate. You communicate to God, so you talk to him. Prayer. You listen to him through his word. Spend time with him. Meditate. You know, God just doesn't want us to have a religion with rituals where we say the same prayer and the same things over and over again. No, he wants a relationship. Now, with my kids, I don't want them to have some rote relationship. I want it to be fluid. I want them to have a relationship. You know, the other day, I wasn't feeling well. I was laying in my bed. My daughter comes in, lays behind me, and gives me a hug. And she says, we're spooning. And then she was like, well, not really, because you're a little too big to be a spooned. And I just kind of laughed, and she kind of laughed, and she gave me a hug, and said, love, Dad. And then she just walked out. That's a relationship. It's fluid. And it was it was nice. It wasn't like, I must say I love you to my father. Bow down. Hit my head on the bed. <laughs> no it's not what I want. It's not what God wants. John 1 12 says to all who receive him, Christ gives the right to become children of God. Accept what Christ has done for you and get into his family and establish a relationship with him. That's the first thing we're to do on earth. God wants you to know him and once you know Christ, why doesn't he just take you to heaven? Because he leaves you here for three other reasons. Those are the three other things that we have to do. Number two, is become like Jesus. See, once you're in his family, God wants you to spend the rest of your life developing family characteristics. The Bible teaches us that life is like a school of character development. God wants to use everything that happens in your life to build character in you for eternity honesty, integrity, thankfulness, love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, meekness, self control. Oh, that's the future of the share from the last series. <laughs> God wants to build those things, character, in your life. He wants to make you like Jesus, to have his character. So if you want to know what God wants you to be like, just look to Jesus. And this has been God's goal from the very beginning. It's not anything new. In the first chapter of the Bible, in Genesis 1, God says he created the world. Let's make man in our own image. From the very beginning of time, it's been God's plan to make people like himself. Not little God's but godly, having the characteristics of God. That plan has never changed. From the very beginning of time, God has wanted to make a man in his own image. And we kind of mess things up with sin. But Jesus came and he started restoring that image. And the Bible says that everything that happens in our life, once you're a believer, God is using to help you get to know him and become like his son, Jesus. Everything that happens to you is not good but somehow it fits into a pattern for good. And that pattern is to make us like Jesus. God wants a bunch of people like him so that, so it's almost like Jesus can be the oldest brother in the family. (laughs) That's what God wants to do in your life. You need to understand so that when things are unfair in your life, and things are painful, and things you can't count on, and you can't understand, and it's all confusing, then you can realize, Maybe what God is doing, he's working on your life to make you like Jesus. That purpose has never changed. But you may be thinking, doesn't God want us to be happy? Of course he does. What father doesn't want their kids to be happy, but not at the expense of preparing you for eternity? I want my kids to be happy, but not at the expense of failing class. No, I'm going to make them study. I'm going to push them. I'm going to encourage them almost to a point where they tell me, dad, stop, (laughs) And I probably go too far on that. But of course I want him to be happy. See, God is far more interested in your character than he is in your convenience and comfort. And this is, remember, this is just the first inch of life. The character you build now, you'll enjoy for the rest of eternity. Third, practice serving. So you can prepare for eternity by serving. He has plans for you to serve. He's not just gonna sit you up in heaven and have you float on wings on a cloud, stringing, playing a harp. I don't know where that came from. It didn't come from the Bible. I mean, angels play harps, but that's about it. God says you're gonna serve in eternity, so we gotta get get used to it here. God who made us, the Bible says, has given us new lives from Jesus and long ago planned that we should spend those lives helping others. And If you don't do this, you're missing the point of life. I've never seen anyone happy who doesn't serve. Serving makes us happy. It truly does. God has given you talents and abilities, and he wants you to develop them. Meaning in life comes from serving, because just as if you try to save your life, you'll lose it. But if you give your life away, you'll find it. It doesn't make any sense, but it somehow is true. The person who holds on to his life who tries just to live for himself, they're going to be unsatisfied, unfulfilled, no meaning in life, bored. but the person who gives his life away is willing to give up his life here and now for eternity. In the meantime, they're going to enjoy it here. Matthew 25, Jesus says, if you've been faithful in a few things, you'll be faithful in a lot of things. God is watching how you serve and how you serve determines the level of service you're going to get in eternity." God says, give your life away now. Don't live for the temporary, live for eternity. There's more to life than just the here and now. There's a term for living for just the here and now, and that's called secularism. It does get better. You got to have a eternal perspective on life. And the fourth is that we have to share life's purpose with other people. 2 Corinthians 5.19 says, This is the wonderful message he has given us to tell others. So why does God leave you here on earth after you become a believer, after you become his child? He wants you to share the good news with other people. The greatest waste to, is to live our entire life without ever knowing the point of it. That's a waste. But you know what's even greater than that? If I could re, re, redo my words there... The biggest waste is to know the point of life and not live it, and just live for the temporary. New cars, new possessions, new whatever. The best use of your life is to invest it in something that outlasts it. The fact is, you will live for eternity in one of two places. Man was made to last forever. The choices you make here determine that. We can live for eternity with God. We call that heaven. We we call living for eternity separated from the love of God? Hell. Jesus talked about it and he knows more about it than you or I do. It's real. If you were to die tonight and you haven't developed a relationship with Jesus, you'll have to stand before him and he's going to say, why not? What were you waiting on? I love you. I created you. I made you for a purpose and you ignored it. I even came to earth and died on a cross for you, but you made your choice. Now you're going to live with it for eternity. You see, sometimes life can seem useless or tiring or unfulfilling. And sometimes life has seemed out of control. But this is not the end of it. But there's more to life than just the here and now. And we need to realize that God made us to love him. Do you realize it? Then don't put off preparing for eternity. Establish a relationship with Jesus. Do it today if you haven't. And we may not understand it all. But we do know that God loves us and sent his only son to pay the price of our sins, to adopt us into his family and give us meaning and purpose in this life. Because without it, I don't know how people make it through life. Because if you objectively look at life, life is hard. It is full of mean, rude, terrible people. It's full of traps and potholes. It's full of disease, death, and decay. But you can thrive in this life even with all those things, if you recognize the purpose of life to be in a relationship with God who loves you, to become like Jesus, to serve others, and to share that message of hope with others. Well, I hope that encouraged you, to, you today. In next pod, we're going to be looking on the keys to happiness. So God bless. See you in the next pod.